Welcome to the Business of Fun, the podcast that pulls back the curtain on the industry's hottest games to find out what's going on behind the screens. We are going to invite mobile gaming experts to spill the tea on their game success, how they work, why they work, and what they've learned along the way. Here's your host, Jonathan Fishman. Get ready to stay ahead of the game with our latest webinar, The Must-Have UA Skills for 2023. Join industry experts from Mavens, Nordius, Zynga, and Small Giant as they discuss the essential user acquisition skills for success in the coming year. Don't miss out on the latest marketing strategies and technical expertise required to thrive in this ever-changing industry. Welcome everyone to uh, The Must-Have UA Skills for 2023. My name is Esther Schatz. I'm the VP of Consultancy and Product Marketing at Storm Event. And I'm going to go straight ahead and pass it over to uh, my esteemed panel members here. Antti, take it away. Hey, everyone. Uh, Antti Vakal is my name. I'm the head of marketing at Small Giant, taking care of uh, marketing activities for empires and puzzles, making sure our team uh, has all the things that they need to make sure that uh, our game continues to be the raging success that it is. Pleasure to be here today. Awesome, Mark. Hi everyone. My name is Mark. I'm one of the user of many, out of many of the one of the user acquisition directors for Zynga. I've been doing UA for games in the last ten years. Uh, it's basically my only career since graduating. I started at uh, various performance agencies, then four years at Platica, and joined Zynga about a year and a half ago. And I'm in charge currently for doing user acquisition for the social casino and poker apps. All right, running through the agenda for today. So we're going to do a quick view on the state of the industry. Then we're going to move straight into the panel discussion. This is where the meat of our, uh, of our webinar is. And finally, we'll have time for live Q&A. So throughout this whole time, please feel free to type into the chat and we'll do our best to get back to you. Okay, state of the industry. I think when we were at this point in time a year ago, kicking off 2022, the state of the industry was panic. That's probably the the closest thing we can say. Um, And I do feel, and I hope many of you agree with me, that we're moving past that panic stage, past the deep unknown, and into a world where we're starting to put together strategy to see what kind of, you know, uh, abilities we need now to succeed. Companies have started putting into place strategies that are really interesting and just getting the sense that we're, we're not quite wild, wild west. We're, we're calling, you know, we're getting it organized. There's a sheriff, not fully figured out yet, but we're getting there. Um, one of the huge things that obviously we have to mention is the release of SK Ad Network 4.0, um, a much more fundamental update than anything we've had until now, allowing and hopefully fixing a lot of the issues that have happened until now. We'll touch more on that plenty as we get uh, later on in this webinar. And a lot of people are asking if this is the end of fingerprinting since Apple have announced that it's something they will be taking away and it's something to plan for not having. And as they release new uh, SKAD network versions that are more trustworthy, that developers get more value out of, it's, uh, it's likely that they'll decide to take their firm stance on fingerprinting at that point, uh, while enabling developers to continue to be profitable. 
and uh, in the world, not a, in the world of UA, but in the world at large, we're hitting a recession. Economic times are difficult. That, of course, impacts UA strategies, um, what companies are doing, how people are feeling about it, how users are spending and playing. And finally, we're starting to see, and we'll touch on this a whole lot more, a new UA persona um, and the new skills that are really required for a person to become excellent in 2023 at UA. All right, and I'm going to jump straight into the panel. So first of all, let's let's start with the recession and the fact that there's a lot of updates in the industry and many people are rethinking their strategies, potentially deciding if they should cut back, if they shouldn't cut back. Um, Auntie, why don't you tell us you know, what's going on in your decision-making maze these days? What, what triggers your, deci- your decisions on budgets? I'm at this point and we've been, um, we've been uh, doing UA for five years uh, and we've been having a certain flow in terms of data collection, in terms of what things uh, we can rely that the players have been doing. And we have a lot of history with, uh, with the type of networks and the type of media that we've been able to buy um, during this whole time. And now that things have been changing in the environment around us, not only in the privacy uh, environment that you already mentioned, but also um, how consumers are, are, are behaving, uh, that obviously does make, a, make a, a shift in how we may have to do things. Um, in terms of the decisions from a budgeting point of view, we haven't actually... Uh, drastically changed the basic core fundamental that is uh, that is behind the decision making, and that is: is the media that we're buying going to end up with profitable results? And uh, for now, um, that will lead decision making also into 2023. So the um, the sort of financial decision making behind everything remains uh, remains unchanged. At the same time, though we have to go back and look at the data that we've been collecting. Are those predictions uh, becoming true? Are those fundamental pieces that we've come to rely on, the the graphs uh, that move from left to right, are they behaving in a similar way that they always have? And um, especially in some parts of the world where, for example, uh, currencies have been impacted, especially during this year, uh, we've seen that uh, uh, monetization does change uh, very differently compared to. Mark, are you seeing similar trends? What are you seeing this year? Are you seeing a change in behavior in users so far? Um, so I don't necessarily feel um, there's a big change in that term. I think that users are, as time progresses, especially now, are becoming just more efficient and smarter and the ways they are like choosing offers basically for themselves on the games and and looking at uh, the, where they can bring the best content and best uh, uh, value uh, um, for their experience in the game uh, we see that we, we we actually see a flow of users coming for you know uh, right now uh, there's an ability that apple is is, is giving some ability to have uh, uh, payments outside the store and um, there are advertisers that are moving in that direction and allowing those users to, to in some way or forms in some markets, uh, do so. And you can see that users are smarter. Are, they know what to do. They know where to, to go and get the best value for, for you know, their gaming experience. 
Um, and they're just becoming smarter in this economy, basically. This is what we're seeing. We're, I, I'm not necessarily seeing a decrease in, in performance. I'm not necessarily seeing a decrease in revenues, but I am seeing like it's adjusting definitely and it's adjusting also on the on the media that we are testing and now we're looking at uh, um, profitability and other aspects that we used to look at so is how you're looking at profitability shifted in recent times it definitely has just because of the major impact that for example that definitely like, uh, uh, there's a lot of advertisers that basically had facebook as as, as a major or all other uh, self-attributing networks is a, this major force of drive for growth on iOS. And they shifted, a lot of them shifted to partners that offer probabilistic and that affected LTV models. So it, it, it affected directly uh, directly on, on the probability scales and the metrics you use. Uh, so you had to adjust there. Um, and in general, if you do uh, try and push scan as, as uh, many of us do, then that's like a completely different way to look at profitability. And again, you need to change. So it, it did change. And I think we, in the last year, half, not, not year, but half a year, I think that the industry understood that the shift has to happen. So it did impact uh, you know, LTV metrics and, and how we look at revenues and how we look at performance for sure. Do you think that you know, the shift away from Facebook, from self-attributing networks, is that something that you see being long-term permanent or is it something that you expect to shift back? Um, in my opinion, we're going to see a shift back, for sure. I think that actually in the world of scan, my personal opinion, I'm at the moment, at least from what I'm seeing, from what I'm experimenting, um, I have more trust in self-attributing networks. Um, it's easier for me... Um, uh, as, as data is more aggravated, uh, aggregated, um, it's easier for me to work with um, um, a self-attributing network that has one app instead of, for example, an ad network that has thousands of sources, right? That's like very logical, at least I can um, adjust it accordingly. So I feel, yes, yes, that uh, as can force coming up and we'll have, uh, maybe we'll talk about it later on, but definitely I see that uh, shift going back. I definitely see the, uh, the same in, in what you say that uh, we've had certainly a, uh, a shift towards uh, certain of the SAN networks, namely Facebook, for example, becoming extremely difficult to, to uh, continue to be profitable on. Uh, there's still a very strong user base uh, in a lot of the, the older um, or more, more established networks. Uh, those users do still exist, though, and we we just as marketers need to put a bit more effort into into establishing what kind of audiences our apps have, uh, making sure that um, the audience that we've collected is still current. In that, uh, if, for example, those users are unavailable in the sources where we originally found them, what is the best way, and is there any way for us to actually find them across the ecosystem? Um, there's there's ways of doing that. Uh, it is becoming more and more challenging, uh, especially in the, in the privacy framework that we're in. But at the same time, uh, there's so much value in trying to make that work. So much like Mark alluded to, uh, the established players have a better framework, uh, or at least a lot of them have a better chance at, due to their singularity, sort of um, be able to be in control of that data. But at the same time, there's so many valuable signals that we just need to get out there and chase. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree, I think. You have the user base there, and if you can figure out that audience and you can get more of that 
kind of understanding of what makes our user, what makes our ideal user. The software trading networks also have, you know, Facebook, Facebook have a huge range of interest uh, targeting, of demographic targeting. You can build audiences in a really custom way if you can figure out, you know, where, where the audiences are you want to meet. Um, let's move on into our next topic, the new UA Pro. So we, you know, I think UA marketers pre-IDFA and, and in that previous world, there was a bit of a persona, you know, uh, you guys have both been around for quite a while. So the skills that were needed, it was a little bit more of a recipe. How do you see that shifting in, uh, in our new world in 2023? Um, NT, why don't you start this off? Uh, yeah, there's definitely been a been a shift in the UA Pro, as uh, as you put it. So uh, back when when Mark and I got started about a decade ago, it's uh, it's basically the it's a whole new frontier of an industry, and basically you can do get away with a lot of things and get away with trying a lot of things in terms of not many things are established as best practices, and everybody's really just making everything up as they go along. And now we're again in that kind of a place where uh, privacy frameworks are changing things. Uh, new entrants to the markets are making such waves that we have to basically go and find new things. So that same sort of pioneering mindset has to has to start reemerging. So we, as um, as not only existing UA pros, but those UA pros that are sort of coming into the industry. Um, have to be able to really adjust to to changing environments, uh, not on an annual cycle, but almost on a, on a quarterly, if not weekly cycle, in terms of where each network is going, where each source of traffic is going, how apps are being launched, where, when, uh, what kind of inventory even exists uh, on certain networks, and that is incredibly dynamic. So from a... Um, Skill development point of view, we have to be on top of of, uh, of a lot of things, and uh, that's something that um, is required on a lot more levels than than maybe before. So I can say, almost two years ago, I, I participated in a, in a, also in a, in a, on a panel on a, on a webinar where it was um, shortly after Apple announced the change to the industry, the creation of IDFA, and. Uh, I talked about like that the UA manager, the next UA manager needs to be someone who's a better marketer than he is a performance manager and uh, to be specialized in more like the, the branding type manager. And two years now, I actually hold the completely opposite view. Uh, now that I experienced the change that, that happened basically, and uh, I feel completely opposite. Like the next UA person that I would like to, you know, to recruit to my team. What should be his focus and quality? So, and I was thinking about it actually quite a bit in, in the last couple of months. Um, it actually should be someone who's a product analytics hybrid instead of someone who's like a PPC performance-based manager. And uh, it should be someone who can talk with the product analytics team and can explain to them what should be the best conversion value scheme from a UA perspective. And it should be someone that reads the you know the and understands the, the the recent scan for documentation which again for me take I need a couple of times to read it to fully understand but that person should be reading that and understanding the impact on the industry um, and I can give an example uh, creative wise you know 
at the moment, creative optimization, optimization in general, is something that current campaign managers in, in the world of scan and upcoming Android sandbox uh, is basically relevant. It's it's creative refresh, yeah, sure. Creative optimization, yeah, maybe with scan four, but I much prefer a person who actually is focused on the UA is maybe a, a passion project of this, but actually will I be able to speak and understand first the uh, party data uh, now that we have it and understand that a scan campaign might look too good because, ah, wait a minute, uh, my dashboard doesn't show redownloads attribution from Apple uh, for some reason. And that's why the campaign looks so good. Um, I feel that 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 person will be much more of a value in today's world than it is um, in the last like, five years, where it was a strictly performance, device-oriented uh, attribution uh, uh, and, and, and moving forward on those metrics. I need someone who will be a person who thinks about the ecosystem in general and understand the value there and actually provides that insight to the analytics team, to the product team. Um, and, and, and that value and his actions will be much bigger than having spending time on creative optimization when you just can uh, rely on the, the platform you're running it to do it for you. So it sounds like analytics becomes much more critical than it ever has, but not not just kind of sitting and, and looking at the data, you're saying they exactly. need to be able to find the flaws in the analytics they're looking at. What's missing? Is this actually answering my business question? Exactly. Exactly. To make sure that they're able to not only answer the business uh, question, but drive a business decision. Uh, and it's much tougher uh, actually to do it in the past than it is now, because now again, the playing field is, is leveled like you you uh, it's it's less data coming in from fourth party but it's more from fourth party and then you can you can actually work on it with your team yeah i think uh, um if i may uh mark makes a fantastic point about uh, creative optimization for example it it will continue to be a large part of uh, of the everyday work but at the same time, there's just so much less room for, for example, changing backgrounds of a creative or changing the color of a pointing hand or, or anything else that we really will be losing in a long term. And that for a lot of developers, that's been a very sort of key part of creative decision making for a while in really being iterative and really understanding uh, where we uh, where the extra minimal value can be found in terms of continuous iteration. And that's something that uh, um, might, might be going away. And I, I absolutely also agree on the um, analytics and, and uh, really leading with analytics point. Uh, we're going to be in a place in the industry where pattern recognition remains incredibly important from a, from a business value point of view. The, um, the denominators of those patterns will just be changing. So what kind of data we will be, we will be uh, having in the future is going to be different, but patterns will remain and those will be the ones that we will be driving the decisions being made and uh, incredibly important for a UI manager to keep just recognizing. Um, what does it appear that those players are doing during the first day that we're generating enough value for on both iOS and on Android in the future? Um, where will that be seven days in the future? Where will that be 35 days in the future? And then beyond whatever your 
app's uh, payback time ends up being. Um, so really finding patterns, finding ways to communicate that to, to, to the team, super, super important. So I'm interested, you both mentioned this shift away from creative optimization and changing backgrounds and iterating characters. These aren't things that work anymore. What kind of creative skills do you think a new UA manager needs? Is it completely irrelevant? Is it shifted? What does that look like? Um, so I can, uh, uh, I can tell to that that basically, for me, um, creative optimization and understanding creative is not a necessary... Like, again, we're talking about the next UA a persona for 2023. It's it's basically pretty much irrelevant if you have the um, how should I say it uh, privilege to do so in a, in a big advertiser, right? I'm not I'm not saying that it's it's uh, everybody can do it, but definitely creative optimization and as someone who plays also mobile games. Um, I, I if I see the same ad, even if it works, and I keep saying the same ad, it's just gonna make me feel you know very against you know, ever testing and actually installing that game. Um, what works in the industry is basically creative refresher. You need to see the same game, but with various uh, uh, other ad experiences. And uh, in the past, and I'm certainly one that, that, that used this, but you find a good creative and you just leave it for months. Uh, I remember we had a, one of the companies that worked a very famous creative that worked for years. And we were fearful to basically uh, remove it because, uh, you know, uh, the, the learning phase and everything will go down and no creative will be able to replace it. Today, whatever the, the creative team comes up, you just upload it, let it run. If it works on the platform, it works. You're going to change it anyway because the user experience is so bad if they keep seeing the same uh, creative and they do. They play a lot of top 11. And the experience there, and you know, is, is you are you see it only if you want to see them, but when you do, you from time to time you keep seeing the same ad for the same uh, app, and that's like that's not a very good user experience, right? you know. On the, on, again, on the, uh, that advertiser side, so creative optimization less relevant in today's world. Like just put whatever new thing you have based on the strategy that obviously was uh, built for that uh, time. Keep running it. Keep refreshing it. Keep changing it. It won't long term. It's done. It's like, what's the creative life cycle at the moment? Two weeks and it's done. Yeah, uh, tough one to to argue on a, on a sort of regular basis in terms of uh, what is the future of creative optimization and what is the cycle of uh, creative. We might actually see that it remains the same. Um, it. Another thing is that what kind of data can we rely on with creative is, is the, the other part. So, for example, uh, with uh, measurement partners, we'll still have some kind of idea of how those creatives are working. But internally, we, we uh, might really struggle to, to get uh, accurate readings on retention on a creative level. And at that point, the creative optimization really, really becomes incredibly difficult. What I would argue is that... Um, what we might need to, as game developers, as app developers, focus more on is the tone of voice as a whole and really setting a tone, setting um, uh, the brand experience sort of in a place or another. I can't believe I'm saying brand in a, in a, in a mobile games panel, but that's, it's a fact. Um, as, a, as the individual optimizations become less available, we do need to find uh, ways to uh, establish a game and, and make a stake and keep 
consistency between concepts. Um, we've always been very concept driven at Small Giant. Uh, we've done less of the minor optimizations that I was referring to and that Mark was referring to. Um, and that's going to continue definitely. We'll, we'll keep making bigger, uh, bigger sort of uh, swings towards uh, individual concepts, but really uh, maintaining a tone of voice within within uh, the kind of ads that we had, not only for for empires and puzzles, but for any future projects we end up making. Um, really um, being keen on understanding how the tone of that game uh, uh, continues to drive creative. Um, that's that's something I'll have to uh, we'll have to think about a little bit more. So you are validating two year ago, Mark that there is some level of branding that belongs within this, uh, you know, some kind of brand skill that belongs. It's less about running brand campaigns and focusing in that way. I see Mark getting uh, getting fiery over this. Exactly. It's it's just part of the process. It shouldn't be like an event, you know, just, ah, okay. It's, It's something new. Okay. Put it in the machine. A week from there, put something else and it will drive uh, the first one down. It's, it just becomes a very automated factory-like uh, uh, process. Um, so, yeah, if you have a creative strategy team, let them do the work. If you have a creative production team that, that can uh, generate uh, creative in a high scale, that's not the only thing you need to do. Like, basically, you, you need to upload them and, and, and uh, let the platforms, basically, they're already doing the optimization for it. If it's brand, if it's performance, doesn't really matter. That's actually true. We have a lo- uh, we don't have a lot of control on what actually gets served within the individual network, within the individual game, as marketers, because we are at the mercy of uh, of the networks as it is. So next year we're still going to be at the mercy of the algorithm in terms of of uh, what really gets served. So while I do say that we should keep some level of uh, of sort of not only brand integrity, obviously, just being respectful and understanding of uh, of what of players and and everyone being people that we're putting these ads in front of. Um, but at the same time, we we do have to have that variety because the um, the network algorithms, SAN algorithms, anything will continue to be the same, even though the privacy. Uh, end of things when what the output to developers is will be changing. That's a good time to transition over to our next topic of STEM 4.0. Um, you know, I think this is much less about an iterated version, like we've seen until now, you know, kind of minor updates and, and coming through SCAN 4.0 in a way is really a new platform within SCAN. Um, Mark, can you give us the layman's terms, high level, what's so different? about 4.0 um so in my opinion like it's, it's good that it's called scan 4.0 because in my opinion like there's four main points actually uh you know of improvements that we can focus on uh the main ones are and it's funny that we're talking about it is an improvement but but the ability that basically you will have three postbacks instead of one and you can actually um see additional events other than the one you set in, uh, at the beginning of it usually today's Today, most advertisers just just to get the data as fast as possible, so they focus on revenue day one, in-app purchases day zero, whatever it is, and build some kind of a model on top of it. Um, now you are actually able to do more interesting stuff, um, and uh, it's uh, different windows for each post back, but you can work on retention day one, and then maybe ROI right, day seven, right? The king of, of performance in the last decade. 
So that's that's one the ability to have more postdocs. Um, additional thing that helps with optimization actually and might help with com- uh, with creative optimization that we talked about. They're gonna add uh, additional digits to campaign IDs, which sounds very uh, vague and, and and uninteresting, but it basically will give the ability to add additional parameters. Um, so it's not just campaign, uh, it's not just ID for a campaign, but also uh, you can add like ID for a campaign and geo. And uh, if you use the other uh, two digits there, I think, so maybe even a placement or maybe even a source ID if you're uh, in the future will use an ad network for it. So basically you have additional two parameters to optimize, um, which is a huge significant uh, you know, upgrade. Uh, the other one that I feel that is very important is at the moment we don't have any scan um, attribution for uh, web to app. And we talked about uh, the shift, uh, maybe like self-attributing networks, it's funny to call them like that, but uh, in today's world, but, but companies like, for example, Google will benefit it massively. A lot of their inventory is on mobile web. At the moment, it's not counted as scan. Um, so that, that I think will benefit Google a lot uh, in their iOS scan activity. You will be able to, um, there's a huge discrepancy today between scan and, and, uh, and those installs that Google thinks they, they are bringing. So that will answer that. Um, last thing, I think that basically at the moment, the privacy threshold, it's like, it's very binary. It's either one or zero. You, you, it's either a scan install or it's a null. So now they introduce like basically a tier-based uh, approach to uh, privacy. So it's not just yes or no, but it's uh, yes, no, maybe, um, and you get uh, like uh, additional information depending on that. So that 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 helps. But I do feel that the biggest uh, impact is definitely in, in ability to do better optimization today on scan. And I think somebody like asked uh, that you need a certain amount of spend to to have on an iOS campaign. No, you need a certain amount of installs, whether it costs you 100K or 1000K, it's, it's, it's up to the, your game. But you, your ability to, to get to those 100 installs is, you know, you need to open the campaign as broadly as possible, but you don't know what geos you're getting back. That will, answer, it will be answered web uh, with a lot of traffic that uh, uh, there are web publishers that, that we're not counting right now and they will be counted. And of course, additional events and, and uh, a way to better optimize revenue. I think that's the biggest takeaways that I saw. Santi, do you think with the addition of the second and third cohorts, uh, are, are we seeing a post-back? Sorry, I uh, spoiled the end of my question. Do you think this means we have cohort revenue back? Is this something that enables us to access that again? Yes, no, and maybe. So uh, basically, revenue is still something that um, we'll more or less have as a proxy. Uh, there's unfortunately no sort of silver bullet in terms of finding out the exact revenue in the, even in the future. So whether or not it's seven days or 35 days that are the, the sort of more uh, course windows that we'll, we'll end up having, that's something that really, really will depend on the ability of each and every developer to parse out their revenue proxies at that point in time. Um, the ways that we'll have uh, control over the, the scan, uh, not only the post, but actually really the conversion schemas, is still up to the developer. Uh, we've seen a lot of networks, as um, have already been mentioned here today, that are really trying to uh, own the sort of conversion value uh, value chain, if you will, uh, 
And that's not something the, the industry has quite uh, come to a consensus on, that everyone should be using certain conversion values to directly go to a point of time in revenue. And I don't think that's something that we're going to default to anytime soon, uh, as there are so many uh, sort of differently aligned priorities when it comes to uh, monetizing. Uh, for example, there are a lot of apps that would be highly interested in getting all of their investments back by day seven, uh, just because they want to invest all of it back. There might be a smaller studio that has a finite amount of budget, or the game just happens to monetize in that kind of way. And then there are other games, uh, particularly more IAP driven, that uh, that really don't have a quarter of the money coming back by day thirty-five. So. There's a, there's a pretty wide gap there. Not everything is necessarily revenue. Um, I do think that um, uh, if you do have the luxury of time uh, of waiting, then, um, then like the day 35 change is huge. Um, if not, there's probably actually not that much that will be changing in terms of the, the additional, uh, additional postbacks. It really depends on the app. Mark, has it changed your UA strategy at all? Um, you know, as the announcement, the implementation, has anything shifted? So, um, not yet. Um, I, the adoption rate is not there yet. And um, like to work with Scan4, you need uh, alignment between um, the network, between you and the users. Users need to, um, which happens relatively fast at, at iOS, but they need to, to update uh, their OS. Uh, we need to change SDKs. It's, it's a process, and I think that we have the time to do it. Um, it's, uh, it, it won't happen overnight. I do feel that the change of strategy actually uh, is with developers that didn't want to go into Scan yet, and now they have a reason not to do it. Basically, let's wait for Scan4 before we try anything. I, th I think that's the biggest change in terms of if you haven't started yet, you should wait. But if you already did, you should continue as, uh, as you do at the moment. And T, do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I, I, first of all, I'm, I'm sort of amazed that there are still developers that are sort of holding out on, on yeah, let's just not, let's just avoid scan altogether. Because uh, it is, no matter how much we like it, uh, that, that's where the industry is going and uh, that where, that's where inventory is going. So if that, it's really just limiting the amount of possibility available. But I do agree with Mark in terms of the, Access to Scan 4.0 has been very limited because there's been a um, finite amount of networks that have decided to take the plunge and, and make that inventory available through through uh, SDK changes. So we're really waiting. We're in that period where where nothing is. Nobody's in a hurry to move fast, uh, and uh, we as developers are sort of waiting that that, that inventory becomes available. And when it does become available, we really need to start. Um, start being aggressive in terms of, of finding competitive value, finding uh, the gaps in the market, if it's going to be US, if it's going to be elsewhere. I'm assuming that there's going to be a lot of developers that will just default to the US, but then I would maybe consider also looking at other options. Okay, let's take a few minutes to answer some of the questions. And I do apologize, we're not going to be able to get to all of them, but we'll try to follow up afterwards by email to those we don't get to. Um, one of the questions that we have, and if uh, you guys have any questions in the meantime that you want to address, please do feel free to. Um, one of the questions Milos asks, some webinars these days say CPIs will increase in 2023. Do you see this coming too on both platforms? 
Um, well, it's we can look at what happened. Like first of all, so Android is going to push. Uh, it was an I'm not sure if it was announced, but it was reported that Android basically a uh, uh, sandbox uh, their privacy project uh, is uh, going to be live early 2023 and when you look I, i'm not sure how what will be the adoption rate here as well and how fast they will move but uh, you can look at uh, what happened when scan was first introduced it's it's changed cpis for sure it shifted a lot of uh, uh, budgets to android and uh, then cpis grew in android across the industry uh, it's, uh, you know, inventories got basically uh, changed overnight uh, and the focus on what is user acquisition and where to buy changed drastically. Um, I, I do believe that once that happens, it's another major shift to the industry. CPIs will fluctuate. I don't want to say in to what extent and how, if it lowers or, or uh, goes up, but definitely we're going to see a very... Uh, Again, like it's a, it's a drastic change and it will affect the industry in a big way. So I'm not sure if necessarily the ECPIs will be like again, it will be readjusted. That's for sure. Okay, um, Roman asks, do you think the new Microsoft Mobile Store will affect the UAE ecosystem? Maybe I can take this one. So uh, uh, we'll definitely see a lot of advertisers trying to understand value and uh, it will really depend on the amount of network support, ad network support, um, even Microsoft's own efforts, um, if anything uh, reaches that kind of uh, that kind of scale and viability from a purely looking at it from a marketing point of view. Uh, from a consumer point of view, it obviously gives more uh, opportunity, more uh, variety, and uh, that's something that we'll really uh, have to uh, just wait and see. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing more on that. Okay, I think we have time for one last question. Brooke asked about Facebook question with ad testing. How do you measure the success of creatives when there's so much less data coming through? How do you decide what's a winning creative? So yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'll continue my take from uh, earlier on. There's not. Uh, it, it's dead. Like there's no such thing as a winning creative. For me, it's like it's it's it doesn't matter. Like, what's it, what's a winning creative? The the result it bring or how much it stays up. Um, uh, that that's like uh, you really need to look at it at the perspective again of, of the user experience. Um, if you keep see, like users are seeing the same ad over and over again, frequency, whatever like ad networks tell us, doesn't really work. We keep seeing the same ad uh, over and over again. It's a fact. So. Winning creative, it will bring you results uh, in the first week. Later on, it will just be dead in the water, basically. Especially now, especially with the fact that we no longer have the attribution uh, as a tool in our hands. Um, you know, Apple decides what's, what's a download and what's a re-download. And they're going to say, we don't have an ability on, Facebook, on Google as well with Android in the future to really exclude existing users. So they will keep saying the same. You just need to continue and refresh those creatives and refresh and don't look at it on that perspective at all. The winning creative concept uh, in 2023 will officially die. Not mincing words. All right, let's finish it off with top tips that you want everyone here to take away for UA practitioners in 2023. Auntie, kick us off. Uh, sure thing. So uh, regardless of, uh, of uh, the sort of uh, propensity to really go into a more doom and gloom type of a mindset that 
uh, woe is me, the industry is uh, is changing a lot. There's a lot of new competition coming in with huge, huge budgets. Uh, I don't have all of the data that, uh, that I used to have. We can't do creative testing to the extent that we used to. Uh, I would really, really stress that we are in an industry that requires a growth mindset at all times. So really thinking about your app, thinking about how continuously pulling all of the levers that you have in terms of finding growth, uh, finding not only revenue growth, but profitability, um, and uh, really exploring uh, a lot more than, uh, than what you're maybe accustomed to over the last few years where um, things have been settling uh, a lot, even during scan two and scan three, where things have been sort of settling into a groove. Um, the growth mindset is the most important thing. Uh, really discussing with your data team, trying to find patterns, trying to establish ways of, uh, of, of, uh, of finding that growth. So that's, uh, that's what I have. So next year will be even like more aggregated data, less, uh, uh, um, you know, device attributed. Um, every, like the industries will be officially completely changed in my opinion. I'm not sure that fingerprinting will die necessarily in the next coming months, but it will eventually. And as a UA manager, campaign manager, etc., you really need to, to make the shift into understanding the new ecosystem. Post-MMP uh, device-based uh, attribution, post-user-based uh, uh, optimization and creative-based uh, optimization. But in the more technical aspect of it, whoever has that mix between understanding the ecosystem, understanding the game, your game better, uh, and understanding data and products will be the better UA manager. Thank you. So this brings us to the, uh, to the sweet ending, bittersweet ending of today's webinar. We discussed UA in 2023, what happens when you're in times of economic shift, what the new, excuse me, new UA persona entails, what kind of skills we're looking for, scan 4.0, what you need to keep in mind, how you need to change strategies. Thank you so much to Mark and to Auntie for sharing their time and their knowledge with us. Thank you all of us for joining. And as a reminder, this webinar will be available sometime in the next week in your inbox for your review. And uh, happy optimizing. That's a wrap on this episode of The Business of Fun. To learn more about Zynga and Chartboost and how we can help you on your mobile gaming journey, visit chartboost.com. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening.